Hello. Uh, we're back. It's Junior Funners, and uh, well, we've got a lot to talk about because uh, we're going to be talking about Arsenal and that this week, as we do every week. And uh, we got to, uh, yeah, we got to untangle some uh, some stuff. So uh, the, yeah, the show is uh, it's it's me, it's Ollie, and it's Lawrence. Absolute shambles, Ollie. Absolute shambles, mm. listeners. It's a disgrace. Absolute cock up. And uh, yeah, we were supposed to be. <laughs> we were supposed to be recording this episode um, immediately after Arsenal's most recent match uh, against uh, against Wolves, but um, we postponed it because, frankly, I. I don't know, but let's get into it. let's do, let's do well Arsenal news is the first segment we'll we'll talk about it uh, we'll talk about it there so this is Arsenal news okay so before we get into Tuesday night uh, we got to talk about we spent sort of the towards the end of last episode talking about the uh, the next match in the league that Arsenal had coming up which was Man United at home um, ended up being a, a nil-nil draw that uh, I think is a fair result either team could have maybe won it if they'd taken one chance you know one of those where one goal might have won it but um, I think for, from an Arsenal point of view keeping a clean sheet uh, and getting a point with three of the best players in the team being out is uh, is pretty decent. There was no Saka, no Tierney, and no Aubameyang uh, available for Arsenal in that match, and they managed to, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep United quiet, keep that uh, that Bruno Fernandez, you know, uh, on a on a on a tight leash, and um, yeah, I'd say nil nil was uh, that was a, a pretty satisfactory result, all things considered, given the you know the run that Arsenal were on. Um, what did you what did you make of it? Well, I I went on um, total media lockdown at the time, so I didn't really get any idea of what was happening. Um, so, but only seeing the highlights, it just seemed like, uh, and it sort of to me like there was um, much um, much to really say. Sort of both, <laughs> like I just repeat what you said, just like uh, yeah. No, no, neither. I think, yeah. There wasn't like a definite moment or any sort of crucial moment. It was just, uh, here's a chance that they had, here's a chance that we had, here's a chance that, yeah, could have gone either way, but I don't know. In terms of sort of controversy, there was, you know, there was a fairly dodgy challenge from Bruno Fernandes on Granite Xhaka, uh, where he kind of went in, sort of. You know, basically went in with his studs down the back of his uh, back of his leg. That seemed to go unnoticed or at least unpunished by the ref. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, you know, for, again, from an Arsenal point of view, late on there was a Lacazette had a free kick that hit the bar on a different day that could well have gone in. Um, Willian had just. <laughs> I don't know. He had all the gold away, Matt. You know, the ball came out to him. And he was in like the six-yard box, and he could have. Could have put it anywhere and then just sort of um, tapped it straight at David De Gea, basically, um, in sort of a, a very typical 
microcosm of his form for Arsenal yeah. since the start of the season. Um, he never looked, you know, he never looked like he believed he was going to actually score the goal. Um, yeah, and I noticed that there, you know, there seems to be. I mean, while we're on the subject of sort of, you know, Bruno Fernandez, there there does appear to be a few little kind of cracks in the in the facade there in that I think he's going to, he's going to be, I mean, it's a weird comparison because obviously this particular player is played for both sides, but he's going to be to Man United what Alexis Sanchez was to Arsenal in that he's sort of possibly going to be a little too, uh, too moody for his own good, you know, a little kind of maybe um overcommitted. Supposedly having a uh, strop was it at the end of the game? Or was it half time? Was it? And uh, that apparently is well. He's he's he's. There's been a few instances where he's been subbed off um, in in other matches, and he's sort of thrown a little bit of a, a paddy. You know, he's not been happy about being taken off, um, which is something Sanchez did pretty much every time he was substituted. Yeah. He didn't like being taken off. Um, and then yeah, at the end of the uh, the end of the Arsenal match uh, during the match, he had a little bit of handbags with. I think it was. Jacker, mm. um, you know, just a little bit of a uh, little bit of trash talk or whatever. Uh, but then, yeah, the end of the match, he uh, just stormed straight down the tunnel. He didn't shake anybody's hand or, or yeah. you know do any of the sort of customary post-match stuff that you would expect a player to to do. Um, just yeah, without talking to anybody, just stormed off down the tunnel to the dressing room uh, to sulk, presumably. Um, so I think yeah, like I said, he he. He's somewhat susceptible to being a bit kind of rattled by that sort of thing. And I think, you know, as 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 he shows more of that behavior, that's going to be something that other teams kind of try and needle out of him. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I wonder if he's going to end up being, like I said, sort of like a, a Sanchez type figure that uh, just kind of, you know, a little bit too hot headed, kind of throws his toys out of the pram, uh, or, you know, when things don't go his way. Yeah, I mean... I think he's yeah. Well, I was going to say when he uh, had supposedly his uh, his uh, his tantrum. That's um, what's called elite mentality, bruv. That is yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, as as pointed out by our uh, one of our uh, top analysts uh, at, at United Trey on Twitter. Um, yes, he said he he. Uh, Framed it as Fernandez having an elite mentality, as opposed to, you know, throwing a tantrum like a little bitchy bitch ass baby. Yeah. Um, you know, like yeah, as opposed to being, you know, magnanimous as setting a good example and being like a good leader. Um, just sort of storming off down the tunnel and having a strop like a, like a fucking you know, uh, prima yeah, donna like emo like ass a, teenager, like a diva, like a. Blooming. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a salt, like a yeah, sultry teen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that so that that was a like I said, that was a pretty decent result, all things considered. Um, and then we get to Tuesday night, where like I said, we were supposed to be recording uh, immediately after that uh, that match, uh, but the result and the manner of the result. Uh, I don't know about you. I was left so uh, shell shocked by it that I just couldn't. 
Yeah. I couldn't like get anything coherent. I, I just knew I wouldn't be able to sort of uh, get anything coherent out because I felt like watching that match, it felt like it had given me dementia somehow. Like I, I felt like, yeah. like it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't completely sure of reality anymore. I think, you know, I, I have, I do that um, where thinking superstitious thinking that I do tempted because um, I sat on the day on the on the morning I was uh, I was walking my dog as I do in the mornings go for a, go for an hour's walk and I was thinking about a lot of things you know all all the life mm. and things I'm interested in and whatever and Arsenal and I was I was thinking you know I said to my, I said to myself yeah David Louise he's been he's been he's been picking up consists he's been all right lately he's just uh, given where he's due he, and uh, he was man of the match he was man of the match in the united game yeah like it, it, literally in the space of three days <laughs> or whatever it was just uh yeah he was he was man of the match in that in that game he made an incredible block from a free kick um and he has on the whole he has he's had, he's been playing much better um it seemed as though he put all of his well I, this is maybe a little bit unfair. We'll, we'll get into it. So at the start of the match, um, Arsenal uh, really came flying out the gate. They, they were playing. I mean, it, it's sort of some people are saying they've been playing uh, in in that kind of first forty five minutes. Um, that was some of the best stuff Arsenal have played all season in terms of just the the quality of the passing, the moves they're making. Unlucky not to go two or three goals ahead. Um, I mean, you know, Saka. Hit the post with a great shot, and then he had another another goal disallowed after about ten minutes because uh, I think Lacazette's toe was offside. Um, mm. So that was that was frustrating. You know, there's some some really good chances, and we went very close. Uh, Rui Patricio had to make some some you know some very good saves. Um, finally, got a goal. Uh, uh, it has to be said, an amazing uh, individual goal from the uh, the problem child. Yeah. Nicolas Pepe, um, yeah, he, you know, it sort of finally made good because in the build up to it, I could, I, it looked as though the moment had gone. He did all these sort of step overs and kind of, you know, went past one defender. But I, normally, when he does that, he then just loses the ball or makes, you know, chooses to make the pass instead of taking a shot, and it's that's it. It just completely loses momentum. So I was fully prepared for that to happen, and uh, he actually trusted his instincts and let fly and scored a brilliant goal. And it was, it was sort of uh, quite amazing to see. Yeah. On his weaker foot as well, it was sort of very casual mm. languid way that he sort of skips through everybody and then sort of curls it in with his weaker foot. And I felt like, I felt like a proud dad at that moment. I was, I said, yes, Nicholas. yes, that's <laughs> a finally. Yeah. Here he and he, a, a- Again, it has, it has to be said he had a he had a uh, a very good game in the United match as well. Um, he yeah he, he he sort of he wasn't the worst player in the Arsenal team. In fact, he was one of the one of the better ones, especially in terms of tracking back and doing his sort of doing his part defensively. Um, he was very good at that, winning the ball back. Um, and yeah, he had some some decent chances that what you know it wasn't necessarily his fault that they didn't go in for once. You know, it, it, he actually looked up for it and played pretty well. And then, yeah, he starts off the Wolves game with a, you know, a fantastic, you know, very a, a, showing all of the skills that he's kind of threatened to show in the past. And it kind of all, it all came together for him in that moment. Um, and he, he scored a great goal, which, uh, which was very encouraging mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, all of the sort of better chances that Arsenal had, had leading up to that had come through either, I would say either come through Saka 
Lacazette or I think Thomas Partey had a had a shot that was saved. Um, so it, it, you know it looked like he was going to have another quiet game. But yeah, so for him to get the first goal, you think okay, here we go, it's on. This this is going to be the first of of a few goals. The way that we're playing at the moment um, didn't quite turn out that way. You know, stayed at one nil. Two minutes of uh, injury time elapsed, so we're on forty seven minutes. Uh, Wolves get a break on and. Craig Pawson, rather than blowing for half time because yeah. the two minutes had elapsed at that point, yeah. uh, then blows a whistle to give the penalty, give a penalty to uh, to Wolves after David Louise is judged to have brought down that uh, that William Jose, and though, uh, this is where the this is where it all starts to unravel. Although, if I may be slightly devil's advocado. And say that David Lewis, I don't know whether he's intentional. I know they also the, the rules are very vague still for me. They he didn't technically touch well <coughs> yes, his his the, the William William Jose, whatever his name is, they've brought in yeah. the striker. His foot, as he's pulling his leg back to kick the ball, it touches Louise's David Louise's knee. And then yeah, he goes. The contact down. is from the contact is from Jose onto David Luiz. It's not the other way around. Like it, it's yeah. David Luiz is stood behind, you know, is running behind him. And yeah, the, the Wolves player's foot catches David Luiz's knee. David Luiz hasn't stuck his knee out to try and catch the Wolves player. That's very important. Um, mm. But the letter of the law says that because. And this, I, the, you know, again, this is, this is what the rules say, but. Uh, maybe we need a new rule because the it, because David Luiz didn't make an attempt to play the he didn't make an attempt to get the ball uh, and there has been contact and it's a clear goal scoring opportunity that is a that is apparently a straight red card and a penalty if David Luiz had gone in uh, you know yeah basically two hacked foot him in down from behind hacked him down <laughs> yeah if he had if he had hacked him down he it could have just been a yellow card in fact it probably would have just been a yellow card. That's what is such like, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like David Luiz isn't making contact with him. It's the other way around. Mm. You could. Why isn't VAR for once? Where's, for once where's in his VAR? life, David Luiz. For once in his life, David Luiz is not actually at fault here. Like this, this is, this is yeah. you know, it, it's. Pe- yeah. It, 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 I I feel like maybe Craig Pawson. It's kind of as you know. We're all like you know. We we are all want to do uh, at, at one time or another. Maybe letting David Luiz's reputation get in the way. Yeah, I just think that was bullshit. In many ways, I know at the time I was a bit angry. I was like, "Oh, David Luiz, he's back at it again." Yeah, but now I looked same, at it same. and I was yeah. like, "Actually, he's not done anything wrong, and this is complete bullshit." And the fact that they haven't um, rescinded. The red card is, is well, yeah. That's that's the bullshit. next thing. Yeah, so the, the it's a double whammy, really, because not only if that so Arsenal appealed it because uh, Mikel Arteta said in his one of the first things he said in his post match interview is that I've watched it back from seven different angles and I can't see where the contact is from David Luiz on uh, on Jose, which again is fair enough because the, the contact is from it's the other way around. It's from it's from Jose on Luiz. Um, so that yeah, they they appealed it, and today at the time of recording, recording this on on Thursday, um, it won't be overturned. However, Jan Bednarek's uh, red card 
for the uh, for the game in the game against uh, Man United uh, has been rescinded. Yeah, for a you have to say a very similar challenge. Yeah. So it was should be. Um, she was a clear dive from Martial. Just he's falling over before yeah. he was any any contact was made. It's just I don't know. The Premier League refs are the worst. They really are. Just it's clown. Yeah, they. The real clown I mean, show it, it, the f- is the refereeing, not Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It, it yeah. It, it, I was watching it on BT, and it was you know they they went to Peter Walton, who's like the the you know the refereeing expert. He said that no, yeah, it's a straight red card. I'd have done the same thing, and it's just like it does kind of just reinforce that thing of like the referees in the UK are just kind of it's almost it's a lot like the Tory party you know it's an old boys club yeah. basically nothing bad or anything of consequence will ever happen to you no matter how incompetent you are like you can be you can be as shitty at yeah. your job as you want and a lot of refs often are you think like you know that it, it was only a few years ago that Andre Mariner it was Andre Mariner wasn't it that sent off um who was it when Arsenal were playing Chelsea? He sent off he Kieran Gibbs, to... or and he got he sent Alexei Chamberlain off, or was it the other way around? That's it. Yeah, he was he was supposed to send. I can't remember which one. I think basically, yeah, yeah, he sent off. One of them, he, 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 he sent off one black player instead of the other one. Yeah. Basically, like you know, he, like he, yeah, he sent off. Uh, he was. I think it was Oxley Chamberlain instead of Kieran Gibbs, who was who was supposed to have got the red card. Um, and uh, yeah, just carried it, and then. He was allowed to con- to keep being a referee after that. You know, yeah. like he's, he continued being a referee at the top level in this country. Um, and it's just, yeah, like I said, it, it's just you. There's no accountability for yeah. the incompetence or just the sheer kind of just the naked kind of. Uh, it's just it's it's almost as bad. Nepotism, I guess you'd call it. Like it, it's yeah. Like I, I know I talk about wrestling sometimes, but it's like it rest, that's wrestling. It's part of the story when the referee is awful, or <laughs> it's part. Yeah, of, like this is just <laughs> yeah, because it's all all of it's fake. So obviously yeah. the refs, like the the refs, don't actually have to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's yeah. The ref just happens to have his back turned while someone makes an interference. It's like ah, oh, God, why did you see it? Why did you anyway? And, yeah, and um. Yeah, but the referee in this country is atrocious, and um, it's all yeah. It's like you say, it's all a, a, cl- a click. They're all protecting each other, and they're all yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. This is uh, why this is why it's been such a bumpy road for VAR. It's because I mean, it's something that we've talked about before. Is that it's a bunch of old men that don't really want the technology introduced. You know what I mean? Like they, they're not they're not that bothered and don't really want that level of technology because god forbid they might be held accountable for making yeah. a mistake um because they've been used to just having you know absolute power and final say over everything that goes on in every match whether it's right or not so it it, it yeah and it, that's that's why it's been that's why we sort of had all of these all these problems introducing VAR um because it's just a bunch of stupid old fuckers running it with no experience of this type of technology not just no experience but no uh desire to mm. implement the technology yeah. in in the proper way so um so yeah uh big fucks to to Craig Pawson and uh I can't remember who the VAR ref was on that match uh was it Coot is it David Coot uh, one of those sub fucker fucks I could 
Um, I mean, Saints have got the right idea. They've requested that Mike Dean uh, and Lee Mason no longer officiate any of their matches, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I didn't know clubs could do that, but that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like now that they've done that, every club's just going to want Mike Dean to fuck off, aren't they? They're just going to say, can we, like, yeah. can we also not have Mike Dean <laughs> except for Tottenham? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when he, um, celebrated when he did in that what that one game he um so weird such a weird clip he literally runs off to celebrate with the players it's just bizarre like he's sort of pretending that he's still playing the advantage but it's like even after the goal has gone in the net he's still got his arms out and he just runs off like it's i mean the refs truly truly the refs in italy are bad and at least uh, it's weird in italy how the refs are a bit more you know i don't, I don't go, <clears throat> they're a bit more um, consistent. They, they actually use VAR. They actually go over to the screen and they actually make the correct mm. decision. And, it, and like, why is it every other league? I've not heard of any any sort of big um, controversial decision happening. And oh, VAR to blame. Oh, it's only in this league. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. And mm. I wonder what the uh, the uh, the confounding factor is. It must be it. It's got to be VAR. It's got to be VAR. It's ruining the game. It's ruining. Yeah, it's it's a. I don't know. It's that it's the Brexit mentality, isn't it? Of just not being, not uh, of, of like not wanting to be told what to do, even if it's in your best interest. Even though if it's you know, even if it's something that will demonstrably make your life better, just that sort of awful stubborn British thing of like you, you can't tell me what to do, mate. Two world wars, mate. Two world four wars to, to, to not have to listen to people telling me what to do. I'm not going to wear a mask. Yeah. We're two masks now. It's, uh, yeah, that, that kind yeah. of bollocks. Like, but, um, it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Can we just say, like, is there any, like, I don't know. How, how many, is there any? Can't be, like, some good referee. Is there any good referees at all anywhere? Are they all just. It's every single one I in this I mean, country. It, how long has it been since Howard Webb retired? I think he was uh, probably the last good one, wasn't he? Must have been maybe five years at least or so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do, They're all bad. They're all do you remember I, when, I, who, was it uh, Graham Pohl that booked the same player three times in a match? Oh, I think they've all had their, something like that happen. Yeah. Um, mm. The, a great demonstration of just bad English referees was basically had Webb, Howard Webb in the World Cup final in 2010. Just, uh, you know, it was lucky that uh, Spain won in the end. The Nigel de Jong uh, was at that high kick into Alonso's chest. That was stress yellow. I don't even remember that. I, yeah, I don't, I don't even. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, I, it doesn't, um, I don't even remember. You're, you're, it's just great. Uh, when the uh, at the end when they were giving out the medals and the the the, uh, the refs got booed, Howard Webb. Uh, there we are. There's us being represented <laughs> on the world stage there. And uh, that's yeah. Someone I, there's an Arsenal account on Twitter said that Arsene Wenger pointed out, or he, he said that there there wouldn't be any like because English referees are just so. Uh, nakedly incompetent and corrupt like that you know they're, they're i wouldn't say it corrupt because corrupt implies that they're trying to give uh 
they're, they're more chaotic than corrupt because corrupt implies that they're you know that they're, they're trying to give one team an advantage over the other. A lot of the times, it's just like I said, just general incompetence. It's kind of it's kind of at random, except when it comes to you know Man United getting a penalty. Um, yeah, it's the only thing they're consistent on. Uh, that, yeah, that really is the only thing that you can you can guarantee match to match uh, from from English refs. But uh, yeah, Arsene Wenger said that there wouldn't be any that because of that level of, of incompetence and corruption, there wouldn't be any English refs at uh, the World Cup in 2018, and he was right. There weren't, <laughs> <laughs> and like the you know like the like the whatever they you know the English Referees Association or whatever didn't even I don't they didn't even like respond to it publicly or like you know they they, they didn't. <laughs> Pass oh, free holiday, like, mate. Free yeah, holiday. and what? Yeah, we shit. We love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, but so uh, carrying on from the uh, what happened at Wolves, and not only was I thinking, yeah, David loses, do it right, and then I also said to myself, uh, but no, no, you know, he'd been, he's uh, found some form now. He had that minor sort of. Um, Cock-ups in October and November time, but he's got he's got good again and uh, reliable. I mean, yeah, Arsenal yeah. have kept a lot of clean sheets in the last uh, the last few matches. There was I mean, the, the only the only goals they conceded in the league were, uh, you know, the the consolation that I think Tammy Abraham scored in the Chelsea match, and then the that early goal in the Saints match um, that we were you know we were uh, talking about last week. Other than that, yeah, it was it was all clean sheets. Um, but yeah, so that, that leads us in nicely to, so the second half begins and the way that the match had started, um, you know, I think from an Arsenal point of view, there was still this, there was still a level of hope, you know, okay, it's only, it's one all, we've got 45 minutes. We started the match really well. We could probably still get a goal. You know, we, we, we could, I I can see us winning this two, one, like, you know, I can see us just sort of scraping by. And grinding out, uh, you know, uh, uh, an important three points, um, and then about ten minutes into the second half, fucking um, was it Moutinho yeah. scored? Yeah. Um, just an absolute fucking, <laughs> just a rocket. One of those ones that truly there is no stopping. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could have he could have taken that shot against Liverpool, Man City. I, I don't, you know. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, I don't care. It's going in like that. It's just one of those goals that's truly unstoppable. I'm sure if it was against United, they probably called it back for some kind of infringement that one of the refs Yeah, saw. he probably would have been offside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would have been offside if it was against Man United. But as it was, um, yeah, no stopping that. Um, not going to, you know, pretend that they didn't, that goal didn't deserve to go in. It was, it was a fantastic goal. Um but again, you know, that's, what was that, 55, 56 minutes? Still plenty of time. Um, again, you know, we're down to 10 men, but we could maybe nick a goal to get a point. You know, two all, that would have been pretty respectable given the circumstances. Um, uh, but, yeah, we get to, I think it's about 70 minutes, just over 70 minutes into the match. And uh, it's, my theory is that, um because it was it was a Dharma Traore, wasn't it? That was storming yeah. forward, and he got yeah. past. Uh, it was either Cedric or Bellerin. I can't remember which one. Cedric. He got past them, and uh, Bern Leno had come herring out of his box in the way that he normally does when he's doing his sweeper keeper thing. But this time, it was clear that he was just uh, absolutely 
he didn't have a plan. Like he just knew he had to get out and get to the ball first because Adama Traore is we've talked about it before, but he is A, so much faster than everybody else, and B, so much stronger than everybody else. Like there's no you can't stop him. The only way you can stop him if he gets the wrong side of you is to just concede the free kick. You have to hack him down, take the yellow card and concede the free kick. That's the only way you can stop him. Um so that was probably in Bernd Leno's mind when he ran uh, well outside of, of the penalty area, jumped up and just smacked the ball away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Maradona style, just, uh, yeah, just smacked the ball out out, uh, out into touch uh, on the, the side of the field there. Um, and you watch the replay and it's like, he hits the ball, like he like I said, he smacks the ball with his hand and then brings his hand close to his body as if to imply that he'd actually chested the ball out but it's so blatant that he's just hooked the ball away yeah <laughs> and you can see the look on his face when he when he gets back up he knows he knows he's in deep doo-doo and um you know as much as we criticized Craig Pawson for making the wrong decision they're, they're really what you know Hard, hard to fuck this decision up, you know. It's pretty blatant. The goalkeeper has handled the ball well outside of the area. Uh, he's got to go. That's that is a straight red in any context. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that left us with nine men with about twenty minutes left of the match. A uh, Premier League debut for uh, Alex Runnison because Matty Ryan is still not totally fit. I think he's recovering from a, a hip injury. So uh, yeah, that left us with with nine men. Uh, Runnison in goal with basically just two banks of four uh, trying to just do damage limitation, uh, essentially. Trying to make sure we didn't yeah. lose by by any more than 2-1. Which, uh, thankfully yeah. they did, but it meant that there was absolutely no chance really of uh, nicking that equaliser. Even though there was a couple of opportunities where they managed to get forward there's just, you can't risk over committing or anything, you know, like when you're doing that. So there was no kind of, uh, no kind of fire or belief, you know, like there would have been if it was still 10 men, nine men. It is just like, like I said, game over damage limitation. You got to try and keep the scoreline as it is. Yeah. Uh, I want to just uh, quickly go back to the first goal. And, uh, I feel like, you know, when, when it's like nearly injury time or injury time's almost up, I really feel like we need to just just waste time. I really feel like because I was watching the build up and I was yeah. like, we had a throw in first of all. Better in, just just take forever. Just walk to the ball. Just yeah. wipe it a couple times. Get a towel. Wipe it. You know, just yeah. Just just something. Don't constantly play yeah, that. <laughs> and then when when it when that type of game management is yeah yeah that's the the the. Something that this team will hopefully learn, but uh, yeah, man, that would have really come in handy. And then when when it's a goal kick, just I don't know, go down for a bit, have a stretch your leg, just go for a drink, something. Don't, I don't yeah. even. I thought I thought we paid out from the back. What are we doing? Booting the ball up. I know that. Yeah. Uh, I know SSC, 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 almost an indicator to blow. The, that's to tell the ref to blow up because I booted the ball. Is that added times up? Yeah. And for some reason, you're still playing, and I think with these referees, I think it's it's the Fergie time is still there. Like for some reason, if it, the ball goes out, for, that's another thirty seconds. That's another minute. Throw it. That's another minute. You got to add on. Like yeah, 
I, yeah, it, like it, it's. I, I didn't understand why Porson didn't just blow for half time. We were well over, like well over forty seven minutes, which was the the necessary thing. And there hadn't been there hadn't been any significant stoppages or any time wasting within those two minutes. Um, it was yeah. Leno booting it long is that that is a problem. It's it's come up a, a couple of times this season. Um, was it the Dundalk match or one of the Europa League matches that he played in? He just decided to like boot it long up to nobody, and it ended up, you know, the other team just got it back, came through the middle, and then ended up scoring. Um, so it, yeah, he either needs to stop doing that or just work on his distribution better, I guess. Um, but yeah, it uh, yeah, we're not we're not a team. Suited, <laughs> what are you going to do? We're not a team suited to. You know, long balls. We don't have any big target guys. So every time we always lose the ball, and everyone's high up the pitch, and we all get caught on the break every time. It's just, yeah. Come on, you need like come on. You're professionals. You're getting paid. Wait. Yeah. The need- only reason to do it is to try and hit. You know, trying to hit a Bamiang so that he can use his pace. That's the only. Again, it's not like it's not necessarily because he's a target man. It's just so that he can take it over the shoulder and just run past you know run past a defender but he wasn't even on the field at that point yeah. um so it, i yeah no real reason to do it uh yeah like i said what are you gonna do that's uh that that we gotta just put that unpleasantness behind us now <laughs> um just an absolute fucking crazy uh crazy football match but luckily it wasn't the craziest match that night no kind of luckily. uh so thanks to Thanks to Saints for taking the heat off of us slightly. Um, so there's only been three uh, 9-0, uh, 9-0 scorelines in the Premier League ever. Uh, so there's, there's, there's three, and two of them are Saints. Two of them, <laughs> two of them are Saints losing. So Saints, have, uh, yeah, Saints account for 66% of uh, all 9-0 defeats in Premier League history. Um, which is staggering. Got to hand it to him. No one else has got a record like that. Yes, uh, I don't know. I um, but okay, it's not us. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There, but for the grace of God. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah. That I mean, that was I originally. Initially, I wasn't watching that match, but um, I, well. I, <laughs> I was having a, a conversation with my parents because they're Bournemouth fans and they they just lost that evening um, 2-1 to, to Sheffield Wednesday. And then Jason Dindle was, was then sacked the, the following day. And in the short conversation I was having with them, uh, Man United went from 4-0 to 6-0 up. Um, and then I think the ne- after that was the the penalty. There was a, there was a whole kind of, you know, Mike Dean awarded the penalty. There was a whole holdup with VAR while he went to check. Um, a really stupid thing that I've noticed that Mike Dean does um, when he's told by VAR to check something or to 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 reconsider something, he makes this face. He does this sort of like he makes this expression, sort of like, "Oh, well, okay, not what I would have done, but uh, <laughs> I guess he all the boss." Like he just sort of does this passive aggressive little like, "Oh, all right then." Guess I'll just go fuck myself, and it's just like, yes, go fuck yourself, Mike Dean. You're you got it wrong. Like you, that's fine. You can admit that. 
you can if you end up making the right decision it's okay like nobody cares that you got it wrong initially um so yeah i noticed that he he was doing that cuz he he did it at the end of last season when um arsenal were playing watford and they like watford gave away that penalty like in the first minute and it was like i think initially he didn't want to give it and then var told him to give it and he was just like you could just see like he was making that expression like ooh, ooh, ooh. all right okay and then he was doing it again when he was watching the monitor um and the uh yeah in the the man united match uh it was just like yeah so like i said clearly that kind of mentality of just not being uh, not wanting to be told what to do um but yeah 9-0 fucking hell and it's you can see looking at the you know the goal difference stats you can see uh why they were doing it because i think man city's goal difference is significantly higher yeah um oh god it's going to be one of those seasons where man united somehow Despite all the odds, they fucking yeah you know, they're going to win this thing, aren't they? They're going to win it somehow. What and yeah, we should uh, once again we want to congratulate Man United oh, yeah. for winning the league um, uh, in January. Um, just an amazing achievement. I mean, it's a good thing that they've won the league already because you know losing yeah. at home to Sheffield United would have been really embarrassing otherwise. Yeah, um, it's uh, I know you know that's a few matches ago now. You know since then. They drew nil nil with us and then uh, murdered Saints nine nil. But yeah, uh, yeah, good good for Sheffield United for finally. I think Sheffield United finally have enough points that they're not going to be uh, they're not going to do as badly as Derby did that one season when uh, when they went down. So congratulations uh, to to Sheffield United. It's uh, I want to do a bingo card time because I want to bring up uh, our favourite uh, Mister Mark Goldbridge, and uh, mm. he made a Golden weird. Brain observation uh, over the weekend where he was saying that uh, Mikel Arteta is a better tactical manager but Oli is the better man manager but Oli has the better players but and he says well Arteta has the worst players I was like okay so if Arteta's doing better tactically with players who are worse doesn't that kind of make him the better man manager as well yeah <laughs> Yeah, because also it's like, I don't think the whole Oli being a better man manager doesn't really seem to track either because Paul Pogba has very publicly stated that he wants to leave. <laughs> like, you know, like their, their sort of key sign, you know, their, their most, ex- well, one of their most expensive signings. Um, and the, you know, the one that's supposedly the key to their midfield, um, has, like I said, very publicly stated that he wants to leave the club. So I don't know that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where this idea of Oli being a great man manager comes from. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's surely that means that Mikel Arteta is is the better manager overall if he's doing yeah. everything he's doing with a worse squad, uh, but tactically doing better than everyone else. I, I yeah. Um, like we said, you know. It's an intellect we're never gonna we're never gonna be able to penetrate. It's it's so far beyond our understanding. He's not. Yeah. We're not on his level. No, um, there's levels it, to this game. He's, mm. Exactly. He's golden brain, the idea child. Yeah, you know, he's he's yeah. one of he's one of these uh, these absolute geniuses. Um, yeah, he posted a video today explaining why uh, rivers are better than the beach, uh, which was very insightful. Uh, he's saying that the sea 
Well, the, yeah, the, the beaches and the sea are uh, you could be unreliable s- you- and treacherous. You can be sunbathing, and then all of a sudden the tide comes in, and then but yeah, because that's how it happens. The, the the tide like normally the tide comes in over the course of mm, ninety seconds. You know, you could be yeah. sunbathing, and then suddenly, whoops, your whole family is uh, has, has drowned. Yeah, which is the that's the implication that he. I know where <laughs> he goes on holiday in the video is that you could take your, yeah you could take your family on holiday to the beach, and uh, before you know it, they've all drowned because the tides come in. Um, I hate that when which it I just, yeah. you know, we as we live on the coast, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me and and friends of mine. You know, you think you're you're planning a nice day at the beach, and uh, boom, the tide, the tide, tide is, comes in like that, and boom, uh, yeah, you up. everyone's dead. Yeah, and, yeah, rivers never um, overflow and break break the banks, and uh, you know, flood everywhere. Yes, famously, rivers. Yeah, rivers never, you know, flood all the local areas. <laughs> never break their banks and sort of flood the surrounding it's, areas. Um, you know, multiple times in a it's year. It's not as if one of the um, um, places I go on holiday had a, a horrible flood. Uh, way what twenty years ago? One of the places I went on holiday mm, in Cornwall had yeah. a, the river just uh, flooded, and yeah. Yeah, nearly it's, wiped it's the entire town though, out. But other than that, yeah, rivers are <laughs> rivers are consistent. They're like the Lionel Messi of of water. That's what he says. Yeah, he says that they're like the Lionel Messi. They're reliable. You know what you're going to get. Whereas uh, beaches are more like Eden Hazard. It might be shit. It might be good. You don't know. Um, I mean, it's almost I'm as though didn't say Nicholas Pepe. It, but anyway, never mind. It's, it's almost as though uh, Goldbridge is trapped in a prison of his own making, where he just has to say stuff <laughs> yeah. uh, and he has to come up with content because of his uh legion of dullards that follow him like us he has to release he has to release videos you know every every day of the week and just has to think of stuff to say um yeah it's like, yeah so it's almost as if like he is just talking bollocks um as he goes along because he doesn't really have any ideas or opinions or feelings about anything <laughs> I mean, um other than other than man united of course uh as as we've said before like you know he won't I, I don't think like during the whole like you know capital uh capital building riots and everything i don't recall him tweeting anything about well, it. not even in like a not even in like a joking way like yeah. a, you know like uh uh you know, uh, oh, Liverpool's defence without Van Dijk are, are worse than the yeah. security at the Capitol building. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing. You couldn't even like relate that yeah. back to football. Just nothing. The man, just his entire world is Man United. He doesn't even like international football. Like that. That's that's the other thing that kind of blows my mind is that like he doesn't even like watching England because it's not Man United, <laughs> which is just amazing. I thought there was a street where he was wearing an England shirt. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah. This- he did, I mean, he, yeah, but he doesn't like in in the build up to an average England match versus the build up to a United match. You know, again, just watch like how much he tweets about one versus the yeah. other. Um, or like, I guess it depends if I mean, I've like- seen him tweet before saying like, you know, I I can't wait for these pointless. They were qualifiers. Like England were playing. I think it was a, it was the World Cup or a Euro qualifier. It was like you know the international break. They were playing two qualifiers. He was like, I can't wait for these pointless internationals to be over. Yeah. So that we can get back to real football. And real it's like football. these aren't even like friendlies. Like this is 
this is real like this is the real shit this is the highest level a, of football this is the effort he he doesn't appreciate the 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 grassroots of football he only likes the glitter and the sparkling glamour of the Premier League, the the oh the it's true the yeah. money and the the oh the sky and the the graphics Monday yeah. night football is yeah, Premier FIFA. League he's, yeah he's he's, FIFA. he's all about the FIFA money like that's he that's doesn't it. if he saw a bunch of like guys pub team playing football on a Sunday he'd be like that shit that that's not real football that's not Manchester United yeah. he he literally would that is. That's an eerily good impression of him. That is, yeah. I've been working on it. I've been That's, working uh, on it. <laughs> Blood um, DL! Blood DL! <laughs> that is because we were talking, I mean, we were talking earlier on in the in the uh, the Bona League chat um, with former guest uh, Gary Hill, and he said that, I mean, he's, he pointed out that, you know, I, I shared the link to that, to the clip of that, uh, that Rivers versus Beaches video, and he said that, that I, it does, on the surface of it, it does appear to confirm that the whole Goldbridge thing is a parody that, you know, that he's, he's doing. And it's like I said earlier, I think it's kind of, he's in on it. Like he knows that what he's saying is crap, but he has to keep saying it because he has to, he has to pump out this shite because he's created this sort of persona for himself where he views himself as like a Jeremy Clarkson type bloke um, who has to have opinions on everything. Even though, even though he's not smart enough or engaged enough to have opinions on everything, so you end up with this bollocks where he's talking about why he thinks rivers are better than beaches, and he knows it's bollocks, and you can see it in his face that he doesn't actually think any of this stuff. And it's not—he's not—it's it, like it's not funny enough to to say that it's a character that he's doing. It's just that he has to keep saying this stuff because people. Otherwise, you won't get the subscribers. People won't tune in to his live streams, where you can see, you can see that it's real. Like that—that's the, where the real gold is. Watching him, watching his streams when he's uh, like watching the matches live, the the <laughs> the pure kind of impotent fury uh, that he displays during those streams prove that it's real. Like that is—that's really him. That's the mask off moment that you know that that is that's who he is. Yeah, I mean, what you said could be uh, applied to uh, <laughs> to to ourselves in many ways, but I, 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 let's not get that that way. <laughs> we, we've created a prism yeah, let's around not, ourselves. Yeah, let's not pull on that. And let's not talk- pull on that thread too hard. Yeah, huh? yeah. There's, there's, there's no need to no need to, to hold that mirror up. Uh, to, yeah, to- <laughs> but we, we just we just have anyway. I brought him up. No, we're so, not. Uh, we're not Clarkson blokes, uh, are we? We're not. Well, no, uh, nah. I don't. I hated Top uh, Gear. Hated it. It's fucking uh, bullshit. It's so. I. Uh, oh god. Anyway. Yeah. It's. I mean. I. There's nothing. They there's do, nothing new I can say about Top Gear that like Stuart Lee hasn't already said. I, they, mean, I think he nailed they, it. They accidentally found the formula that. It caused people to watch where it wasn't anything about cars. It was about just driving a knackered old car in like, you know, Southeast Asia somewhere driving. I don't even know what the hell they were doing. They were just driving around. Like they had some kind of I challenge. reading in the, uh, was like, they accidentally years stumbled and years on ago. It. Yeah. I d- yeah. I remember reading years and years ago in the radio times. I think it was 
like a review of, of top, like there was a new series of Top Gear, and that you know the reviewer was saying it's like you know they they got this golden formula because the presenters are just the presenters are so good at just mucking about like that's why people tune in like they've got such great chemistry, chemistry and just they, you know yeah. the presenters just love to just muck about and it's just like that's not true like they don't have any chemistry like it's so <laughs> like they're all their interactions are so like stilted and weird and clearly rehearsed oh you've got a be it's not Oh, you've got an Audi. Oh, you've got a Mercedes. Oh, James, Captain Slow. The idea that, exactly, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Oh, that the kind hamster. Of, uh, Get it? Because he's small, like a hamster. Oh, uh, God. I'm Jeremy Clarkson. Oh. That kind of, yeah. Oh, backs to the walls, lads. Ooh. That kind of, you know, that kind of banter. Um just awful and it's you know the idea that they're like the idea that you're like you're watching some kind of genuine interaction that it's just three blokes hanging out talking like they would normally if the cameras weren't off is just insane to me like what it, that is like if that's really what you think top gear is like that it, you have never you it, it's you're in like you must be living in the movie room where you've never set foot outside of one room your entire life or interacted with another human being ever. If that's what you think, like real people talk like that, I I don't know, man. I you you've never you must be some kind of alien that's just taken a complete shot in the dark as to what human interaction is. Um, but yeah, goddamn fucking, and it's you know. It's amazing that they've managed to keep it going without those three pricks as well. Like people still watch it, even though yeah, who's even on it anymore? Well, is it, have they, they still got they fucking used, Joey from no, Friends? No, it's now Paddy McGuinness, uh, Freddie. Oh, Flintoff. of course it is. Of course it's Paddy fucking McGuinness, a guy who's been uh, in like one of the greatest things ever, Phoenix Nights, and some of the worst shit on TV. I was going to say, what a track record! What what a track record! He's got. He was, yeah, literally one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, and nothing else good. <laughs> like he's just, just like awful game shows. Ever... Like oh my god, just he'll do yeah. anything. That man, he'll do anything. Let the six. He's, he's a I mean, table. You know, fair play to him. You know, he's, he's secured that bag. But like, it's just such a weird trajectory to have gone from kind of being. <laughs> Being like, yeah, being in Phoenix Nights, and then I got you know, Paddy and Max was was all right, but then, yeah, yeah to just do this never-ending stream of crap afterwards, it's uh, it's remarkable. I can't think of any. I, I'm trying to think of a parallel. Like, it, I, I mean, people talk about like maybe Joe Rogan, like because Joe Rogan was on um, what was that TV show? Is it News Radio? I've never seen it, but apparently it's very good. Um, it's just like. It's him, Andy Dick, Phil Hartman, Stephen Root. You know, lots of very funny people in it. And Joe Rogan was apparently funny on it. Um, and then, you know, he just became, well, he became Joe Rogan and uh, and the, the UFC guy after that. You know, it's just, I, uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, UFC like, guys are hilarious. They're just, they call everyone a bitch. And it's like, whoa, call me a bitch, duh. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, there is like, it's remarkable that like Conor McGregor has this reputation for being kind of, uh, like you have to watch, you know, you have to watch him because it's Conor McGregor. You don't know what he's going to do next. And it's just like, 
I know what he's going to do next. He's going to act like a prick because he's a prick. Like that, every time he's going to, you know, he's going to either right. when he thinks the cameras aren't on, he's going to either assault somebody <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Or if he thinks the cameras are on, he's just going to, like you say, he's just going to get, you'll do nothing. You'll do nothing. You bitch. I can't wait. I, 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 I'm waiting for the, the inevitable when he joins WWE. We've already had Ronda Rousey and, um, mm. Selena Vega is her name. She's a, she's in the WWE now. So we've had two women's UFC people. Um, I'm waiting for, we're waiting for someone like uh, Colin McGregor. Although the other way... I think, yeah, maybe the, maybe the next time he retires, because um, he's done it a few times now, isn't he? Maybe the, <clears throat> the next time he retires, that'll be, what he, that'll be his, his move. That'll be what he goes into. The other way, apart from like, and then, uh, Brock Lesnar, he did all right. But CM Punk has, has not. He's had like three fights and lost three and... Apparently, oh he's, he's, he's sort of come back to WWE, but not like in the show, but he's sort of like become a... They're treating like it like it's NFL, like they have like a, like a, like a showdown show where they talk about what's happened over the week. It's like, but it's... it's the, the, I mean, it is kind of... It's kind of like the NFL in that, um, you know, the, the organisation running it do not give anything close to a fuck about the athlete's health. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's sort of just actively trying to cover up uh, how much long-term damage these people are doing to themselves while not helping them at all. Um, yeah, it's very similar to the NFL in, in that respect. But uh, yeah, man, that's... Can you imagine? Yeah, Conor McGregor in, in the WWE would be... Because then he, like... He could just go hardcore on the fucking, uh, you know, steroids and everything. Like no one, no one would be able to stop him. And he'd probably have some work done as well. You know, he'd have, you know, so he'd probably have some, uh, you know, facelift or whatever. He'd look like I could see him turning into like you know a Mickey Rourke type figure <laughs> um, within about well five ten years if he joined the WWE. Um, quick update on the uh, there's there's one match on tonight. Uh, Chelsea versus Tottenham, the uh, Jose Mourinho derby. Uh, Chelsea are one nil up thanks to a uh, Jorginho penalty in the first half. Is uh, currently uh, seventy minutes or so played. Um, it looks as though Spurs have had two shots in the in the match uh, with one on target. Just a quick retraction corner. Her name is Shayna Basler. There's there's ah that's thank God. My just so you know, listeners, I do. You can't. We don't want anyone accusing us yeah. of uh, not respecting uh, women athletes. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, good a, save. Good save. Anyway. Um, Basil. 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 Anyway. Oh, yeah, the, uh, I'll talk about wrestling while you're looking at something. The Royal Rumble was over the weekend, and Edge, of all people, uh, won it, which is very. Like, oh. He's like in his mid 40s, and he comes back. Hey, he's an actor now. Yeah, the star, Edge, the the star of Money Plane. So um, yeah, Edge Edge came back and won. Whoa! Ooh. But they always do that. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I I don't know how I feel about Edge. Like, uh, I mean, it, it, that, I mean, that's the it, it's has a has a wrestler ever like come back and not ended up winning something like that's Yeah, they, the, yeah, the, that's the always de facto storyline, isn't it? Like that's. I mean, they brought back Goldberg over the Royal Rumble as well to. Fight um, uh, Drew McIntyre 
is the uh, WWE mm. champion. And uh, yeah, Goldberg. He's he must like, be 100 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's Oldberg now. He's old. <laughs> nice. But yeah, <laughs> still, still. Take that, um, Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg, we're starting beef with you. Junior Funners are starting beef with Goldberg. It is hilarious watching um, old WCW. It, it was the worst. Like, how on earth did they. There was a time when WCW had more ratings than WWF at the time. Would so that have bad. been when. <clears throat> was that when Steve Austin uh, well, was a, moved? I think, no. Um, it must have been around 97, 98 when things switched. It's funny enough when. Oh, um, right, yeah. When. Um, sort of when Steve Austin was becoming Steve Austin and. Yeah. Sort of that sort of time. Um, speaking of. Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, old, old school wrestling. Um, I watched uh, this. Uh, this might actually be end up being one of my um, cultural appropriation recommendations. But I watched uh, Ed Wood at the weekend, uh, the the Tim Burton movie about um, Ed. <laughs> I can't believe my brain is just absolutely shut down. I I, I was going to say the Ed. As I watched Ed Wood, the Tim Burton movie about. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I couldn't remember the name of the director. And then I realized it's the name of the fucking film. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so Ed Wood, the movie about Ed Wood, the director who made, uh, you know, a lot of films that are regarded as the worst films of all time. You know, Plan 9 from Out of Space, famously. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've, they've all kind of become cult classics and whatever, but... It's uh, it, it's it's great, and there's uh, a, you know, an actor that Ed Wood used a lot was uh, this. I think he was Norwegian. It was a Norwegian wrestler called Tor Johnson. There was sort of a famous meme. It's in the early earlier internet days. There was a famous meme of a, a clip of him in one of Ed Wood's movies, uh, where obviously the language barrier kind of got in the way. But Ed Wood's thing was that he'd only ever do like one take of something, and then he'd move on. So he was able to shoot movies in you know, like five days because he never reshot anything. Um, so I don't know what the line is supposed to be. I think it might, the, the line presumably is something along the lines of uh, it's time to go to bed. But Tor Johnson just says, time for go to bed. Um, so time for go to bed became like a, a meme uh, on its own. But in in the Tim Burton movie, Edward, uh, Tor Johnson is played by, um, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, is it George the Animal Steel? From the early nineties. Well, that this is a bit before my time. I will say. Is that that's beyond your that's beyond the scope of you? Is it? That's let me. Uh, let's have a look. But I think um, I have heard of that name. I've, yeah, maybe. That's it. Yeah, George Steele. George the Animal Steele. And it was like so. There's like a scene where they go, uh, you know, Edward and his his entourage. So yeah, he was. Uh, so Tor Johnson was Swedish, um, and yeah, George George the Animal Steele played him in the uh in in the movie i was like george Steele passed away a few years ago he died in 2017 um but yeah it, it's they go to see him in this this wrestling match um and it is just like <laughs> like truly back in the era when uh to be a wrestler all, all you really needed to be was just a big fat guy like it, it's just you know yeah. you didn't have to be in any particularly good shape or anything um you could just be if you were like if you were over maybe six foot tall, or even maybe just under, yeah, because so George Steele is six foot one. He's not even, you know, he's not even like a, a, 
a huge guy. Um, but yeah, you could just be like a big fat dude, and that was enough to be a wrestler. Yeah. And like, well, this is the thing. We've sort of got to a point now, I think, wrestling where people look, they don't they're not as roided up. They're not they look like fairly I mean, some of them you have one or two like Daniel Bryan or CM Punk who very openly are not uh, users of roids and you can tell sort of mm. who is and who isn't sometimes. Like so like Yeah, I think I well, I think yeah, a lot of especially a lot of older wrestlers I think have, have realized the the trend that a lot of wrestlers don't live past their fifties if they you know, if they if they go hardcore on, you know, doing the, the roids and doing you know, doing so many shows every week. Um yeah, there's like it, there was that John Oliver segment where it's like <laughs> wrestling has a higher mortality rate than any other profession in the United States. Like you're more likely to die if you're a wrestler uh, than you are if you're a firefighter or a like a soldier. Like it's it's crazy. And you could see see sort of like a, a Triple H, like man, mm. that guy, that guy's like the brow ridge on that man is just thick. It's like. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy's penis must have fallen off a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things where it's like, what the fuck? What? So George, George the animal. I'm just looking up George the Animal Steel. Yeah. His real name isn't even George Steel. His real name's uh, William James Myers. Oh yeah, that's the thing. A lot of wrestlers do. It's funny how um, someone like um Kane. His real name's Glenn. Anyway. Yeah, but I just, it, it's weird to give yourself a, like a normal name, but have like, the, you know, the nickname. And it. Like, it's weird that he's not William the Animal Myers. Mm. He chose George the Animal Steel as his name. It's like, it's like, who's the other one? It's, uh, I think it's, it's uh, Ricky the Steamboat Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his real name's Richard Blood, mm. which is like, that is a, that's that should be the name of a wrestler like Richard Blood, Rick Blood, well, Dick this Blood. Is, yeah, <laughs> it's probably before like when wrestling was um, not hardcore and they weren't showing blood. So maybe it was because he, yeah. he wanted it to be more family, I guess, family things. He was like, yeah, we can't have yeah, any because uh, <laughs> Vince is kind of weird like that. He's like, we don't uh, can't have allude to like. It was so weird back in that time. He's like not alluding to any sex and uh, uh, violence or whatever. And then he changes all of a sudden within. I was going to say, like, it's. Like, there was a story of. Re- um, like, Al- female wrestlers have sort of just been. Like, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. They're just fucking, you know, I can't. You know, like, to go to do a complete 180 from, like, we can't have any, you know, sex or, or you know, real real violence you know gore or blood or anything to then just being like okay now you put this razor blade in your boot and when you go down you start cutting your forehead and then also just being like yeah we're gonna have just a bunch of uh models and former porn stars uh you know uh as as female wrestlers now it's a lot better now the female female wrestling the women's wrestling division in wrestling is a lot better a lot stronger Mm now but um, yeah there was a time where it was just man it's very of his very of his time and yeah there was one thing i remember al snow saying because he was the european champion so he'd come out in different um yeah 
which European country he would be like that. And he was, one was France. He wanted <laughs> to have a, a baguette sticking out of his trousers. And he was about to go out. <laughs> and Vince McMahon's like, Oi, hey, take that out. And uh, he's like, oh, oh you're, 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 all of a sudden that's a prop. Oh, that, that uh, a d- yeah, yeah, take that out. It's like uh, it's the start of the Me Too movement right there. Um, oh <laughs> um, so yeah, Chelsea still one nil up uh, against Spurs. The, uh, the Tusha revolution is upon us. Uh, like someone, yep, until you know he a falls year out from now the owner and when he gets, hmm. yep, and you know, life moves, you know, the circle of life continues. Um, yeah, but they kept telling me it was very funny were, to see. Uh, Title contenders, and uh, I don't understand. They're uh... it was very yeah, very funny. Like uh, yeah, Jose saying that uh, winning the title with Chelsea is not hard, and it's just like I mean, you got sacked twice from there, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it isn't as easy as uh, as you say. Yeah, but he's uh, he just it's it's almost very Trumpian to sort of just say whatever, try and deflect. As much yeah. as you can, and just whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a break, and then uh, we'll come back with more nonsense. Okay, and we're back, and. Um, it's about that time for some cultural appropriation. What do you say, Lawrence? All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Lawrence sounds slightly panicked because uh, he hasn't fully decided on what he's going to recommend. So uh, here's, here, anyway, here's the cultural appropriation theme tune. And uh, this is cultural appropriation, the part of the show where we recommend some things uh, that we like and that you, the listener, may also like. Um, so I'm going to go first to give Lawrence some more time to uh, settle on a on a choice. Um, I think I, I will recommend Ed Wood, um, as I, I mentioned earlier in in the show. Um, it's uh, a reminder that you know Tim Burton was good at one point. It's probably I would say probably his best film um, because he's doing something different. You know, he's doing something outside the realm of you know fucking weird crooked trees and pumpkins and shit like that. Um, <laughs> you know, all the, all that classic, uh, Tim Burton bullshit. Um, but it's really good. It is sort of, you know, more kind of recent, uh, films that, to compare it to. Obviously there's a disaster artist, uh, which came out a few years ago, the, the film about Tommy Wiseau and, and the, the, the process of making the room, um, which, which is very good. And then, uh, Something I recommended on a, uh, a much earlier episode, uh, Dolomite is my name, uh, which I believe is written by the same one of the same writers as uh, as, as Ed Wood. Um, I can't remember the dude's name, but yeah, it, uh, uh, yeah, he wrote the script, co-wrote the script for Ed Wood, and I believe he wrote the script for Dolomite is my name, which was all about uh, Rudy Ray Moore trying to get his uh, Dolomite movie made. Um, and yeah, Ed Wood, it, it's I mean, it's I don't know. Some people might not want to watch it because it's got Johnny Depp in the main role. Again, it, you know, it's a reminder that Johnny Depp at one point was 
probably the best actor working in Hollywood, I would say. Um, it's difficult to know what to think of Johnny Depp really anymore. Um, that whole, the whole kind of horrible court case and stuff with his ex-wife. I, I don't really know what to think. Cause it seemed as though it seems as though they were both kind of beating each other up and acting shitty and abusing each other. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but Edward's great. He's great in it. You've also got Bill Murray um, in it in a, in a kind of smaller role. He's fantastic. Um, you got uh, Martin Landau in a. I believe he won an Oscar. He was the first actor to win an Oscar for playing an actor. You know, playing a, like a real life uh, movie star. He plays Bella Lugosi. Um, and it's yeah, it's all about you know Edward uh, deciding to just through sheer strength of will deciding to become a filmmaker, even though uh, his films are awful and he doesn't really have any talent. Um, and you know him just being like a you know a weird kind of misfit. You know him being a guy in in the forties and early fifties in Hollywood that uh, doesn't really fit anywhere. He's you know uh, a trans at, at that point what would have been known as a transvestite. You know a cross dresser like to dress up in in women's clothes because it made him feel more comfortable. Um, but uh, yeah, people didn't know how to deal with that back then. Um, so yeah. Uh, but he kind of surrounds himself with all these other kind of misfits that don't really kind of uh, don't fit in anywhere, and they, you know, they got their own little little kind of club that they're all together in. It's it's nice, um, yeah, great movie, Edward. And then also recommend um, a TV series uh, on Amazon, the The Boys. It's an adaptation of a comic book series um, that I I w- I didn't think I'd enjoy it nearly as much as I did. Um, I remember seeing the marketing for it when the first season came out a couple of years ago, and just thinking, uh, "Okay, it's a, you know, it's a comic book thing, but it's supposed to be edgy." Okay, it's, you know, it's produced by uh, what's his name, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. So I was like, "Okay, so this is just going to be like a whatever, like a kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Deadpool type thing." Um, but actually it's nothing like that at all. It's, it's, it's more like, uh, it's more like Watchmen. Um, but it, but funny, like it's very darkly funny. Um, characters die and get killed in kind of very inventively gruesome ways. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's politically, it's like I said, it's, it's a lot like Watchmen in that it's incredibly astute. You know, you sort of watch it and think like, yeah, okay, this is allegoric this is pretty explicitly allegorical for you know the u.s government and the military and any type of cutting edge technology um at all that kind of gets uh, invented is usually done for the u.s military before it's you know before it, it before the applications of it are kind of seen anywhere else in any other kind of uh, sector of society it's always it always has to be checked to see if it can be weaponized first of all um by by the military so whether that's superheroes or you know like i said any other type of technology um, it's, uh, it, it kind of deals with all of that. And then the second season, um, is, yeah, kind of, it, it, the second season is also very good in that it kind of deals with, um, the rise of kind of far right populism and how that happens and why it happens and, uh, the people behind it. Um, so yeah, very good, very, uh, very entertaining, very watchable. I think there's only, there's eight episodes a season. So it's 16 episodes, very easy to watch through. Um, and sort of in equal parts. Yeah. Very, very funny, but also very kind of, uh, just, uh, I can't think of a way of describing it. It's very funny, but also very true. If, uh, if that's not too glib a way of putting it, um, Lawrence, have I talked long enough for you to decide something to recommend or do you want me to waffle on some more? 
Now, I'll quickly get a couple of guys who I listen to uh, out <coughs> there just to recommend. Uh, if you're into uh, country music, I don't know, maybe our listeners are. Probably not. But um, there's a guy who I really like. Uh, he's a guy called George Jones. I don't know if you've heard of George Jones. Yes. But yeah. uh, he's one of these um, sort of a very, and one of them probably one of the more um, prominent uh, figures of country music, but he's also had like, especially in the seventies, had a, like a, really a drug-filled alcohol abuse and all these yeah. things. Just one of those kind of rise to fame in the fifties country music, and as certainly as seventies has their drug and alcohol period, and then all of a sudden they have a remarkable comeback in the eighties and nineties, and yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Um, one of the songs I like was the first one I heard was uh, "She Thinks I Still Care." Is one, but um, I think his what was the name of the song? I think he's most famous for is uh, just scroll all the way up on Wikipedia. Uh, sorry, but it's just scrolling, scrolling away. Um, he stopped loving her today, which is probably his ah. most famous song and the second artist i'd like to recommend is a guy called uh andrew gold don't know if you've heard of andrew gold mm, don't know him no um his songs probably his most famous songs are um uh thank you for being a friend and oh okay yeah the uh, Lone- golden girls theme. yeah and lonely boy and my personal favorite is uh, never let her slip away and it's oh yeah no yeah lonely boy yeah yeah I do, yeah turns out I, yeah i do know this guy yeah yeah, and um, yeah, he was pretty good. Um, one of these early eighties uh, kind of pop rock, soft rock kind of guys, and uh, yeah. yeah, I really, really enjoy it. really good stuff. And he's also wrote the, wrote the song uh, "Spooky Scary Skeleton," which I did not know. No. <laughs> I, Do you know what, the song what is "Spooky that? Scary Skeleton"? Do you know that one? No, <laughs> you don't know that one. All right. No, it's, uh, it's it just reminds me of uh, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah from Thirty Rock. <laughs> Werewolf yeah. Bar Mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Well, um, maybe that's maybe, probably where it comes from. Maybe that's probably what it's based on. But I found it became a somewhat of a meme that song at some point. Everything becomes a meme these days. But uh, yeah, yeah, those two, those two guys. I really like those guys. I was listening to like stuff on Spotify. So I started to realize, ah, oh, George Jones. How did I? I was, I was used to that guy all the time. Now I don't. Anyway, anyway and um, yeah, check those out if you want to. And um, yeah. uh, George Jones and Andrew Galt, two two sides of a very different coin. <laughs> if uh, that is that doesn't make any sense, what I just said, but you know what I mean. You got the you know. The country in uh, with with George Jones, and then the kind of early eighties kind of soft rock with Andrew Gold. Um, oh dear, excuse me. Um, so that's just about enough for this episode. I think. Uh, I think we're basically at full time in the Tottenham Chelsea match. Not that we really care. Um, you know, fuck it. It's only Spurs. In fact, yep. Yeah, there we go. Full time. One nil to Chelsea. Um, if you like this episode, subscribe and you'll get some more, uh, hopefully. <laughs> you know, barring something unfortunate yeah. happening between now and next week. Um, 
hopefully, we're on social media. Hopefully, because oh. I submitted the show to Spotify, so hopefully at some point we'll be available on Spotify. Yes, yeah, or the, the, yeah, a little uh, sort of behind the scenes tease there. Yeah, hopefully we'll be on Spotify and we'll be uh, we'll start making some of that Joe Rogan money. Yeah, because. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's got to spread some of that around. So, you know, we've got to, the trickle down economics of podcasting on Spotify. I mean, that we've got to get something out of that, surely. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, look for us on Spotify. Uh, that might make it easier for, for some of you to, uh, to, to find us and listen to us. Um, yeah, we're on social media. We're on the, the Twitter at junior funners, uh, look for us there, you know, making fun of, uh, Man United and whatnot. Uh, and we're on Facebook as well. Uh, you know, like us on Facebook to get updates about uh, new episodes when they drop. If for some reason you don't want to subscribe, which is psychotic, frankly, but uh, whatever, you know, how, wh- however you find us, at least you find us. Um, me and Lawrence are both on Twitter as well with our own separate accounts. We're not like one of those weird married couples that share an account to, you know, make sure that the other one doesn't yeah. cheat. <laughs> um, so I'm uh, at Ollie Munster. And Lawrence is at IB online. And um, I need another maybe 22, 23 uh, followers to get to the big 100. Come on, we could do this. Let's get Lawrence to 100. <laughs> yeah. We got to, before the end of the year, surely we can get Lawrence to 100. I genuinely, um, no, no, no lie. I genuinely got a DM from someone saying, like, oh, you're, you're really funny and you should have like 10,000 followers. It wasn't a fit, it's not a but, it was. Someone I'd mutual oh, wow. with, and I was, uh, uh, I was like, oh, "That's very kind." That's like, you know, that's nice. Yeah, it's if, nice that you're getting. If only I knew yeah, the right people, just, you know. <laughs> if only I, knew I was going to say, if just, in the yeah, right group chats person. with people. <laughs> anyway. But that's uh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of grunt yeah, work. I don't, I don't want all that. I just, <laughs> I don't want the like, like Twitter has yeah. brought, fa- like Twitter Our famous friend- has ever brought anybody any good, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, everybody turns out to be like a weird freak, and yeah. you know they end up getting cancelled. So more trouble than it's worth. But yeah, it, it, I, our friend, uh, our friend Mike Bigby, um, you know, did the he did the grunt work of kind of building up a Twitter following and getting in all the all the group DMs, and uh, now he barely posts anymore. Yeah. You know, it's sort of <laughs> kind of you know he's sort of he's gone through all of that uh, all that. Uh, drama and just kind of it's yeah. clearly just not worth it um yeah it, I, twitter's I, people I, I talk about twitter a lot and people kind of ask you know I, I, I haven't really looked into it and it's just sort of like i have to just say to them don't it's too late yeah. like don't get into it like if you're not already on twitter there's never been a worse time to join it <laughs> um so yeah if you're not already on twitter uh don't but if you are on Twitter and don't follow us, then then follow us. Um, other than that, uh, fuck the Tories um, and come on, us no, you know, come, come on, on us, let's. come on, you gunners. come on, you gunners, come on, um, let's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye.